Welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew here with you. Today we're going to go over the week 11 slate of football games in this football season. And the season's going by way too fast. We'll also talk about that Bengals and Ravens game. Lots to get into in that one, actually, unfortunately. Um, But first, as we always do, we have to begin our time here with the Word of God. We're going to go to the book of Thessalonians, the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 13. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. This world, the way it is, it's going to make us just go extremely tired of doing the right thing sometimes. The world wants you to look out for you, look out for number one. But that's not the Christian way. That's not God's way. God's way is always doing what is right. Don't grow tired of it. Keep on pressing on. Keep on doing what is right in God's eyes. All right. Let's get into the Spingles and Ravens game. The Thursday night game that was supposed to be really competitive, and it kind of was, but unfortunately so many injuries. Let's start with the Bengals. Joe Burrow hurts his, his hand and his wrist. There was a little bit of controversy with that wrap he had on his thumb um, and his wrist off his, off his bus, but apparently that was just a compression sleeve because of going in high altitude. He likes to keep his um, his arms um, really compressed so they don't get discomfort. So um, not really anything going on there beforehand, but man, apparently he tore a ligament in his wrist and he is done for the year that is just awful that's really gonna hurt um the receivers on that team jamar chase he's no longer gonna be a top five guy he's now gonna be a starter for sure you have to start him but maybe top 20 now he's gonna drop off significantly so now he's gonna be a target guy but not a big yards and touchdown guy so He'll be a seven catches for 80 yards in a given night, and hopefully he scores. That's still very usable. But before, he had the opportunity to get you five, 150, and two touchdowns. Now it's going to be more dink and dunk, and he's going to be their main guy. So he's definitely still usable. It actually helps out the running game because the running game looked pretty good against the Ravens. Um, So they're going to have to rely on Mixon much more. And then with the Ravens, more injuries. Uh, Mark Andrews, that that hip drop tackle that he got taken down by the Bengals linebacker, they're going to look at that. It might get taken out next year and be illegal, but right now it's still perfectly fine. Wasn't a dirty play in my opinion, but man, his ankle got trapped and he just just tore it to pieces basically, and he's going to be done with for the year with a high ankle ankle sprain and more apparently from his coach it's not officially official that he's done for the year yet but most likely he is that's gonna have i say a likely be the main guy but i don't know if i trust him to be a top 10 tight end he's usable and if you don't have any other choices that's fine if you had mark andrews might not be anybody else out there but i wouldn't expect top 10 tight end um, statistics from him going forward um, but the Ravens looked fine they looked 
the pass game looked okay. It didn't look great, but it looked okay. They had a couple bounces go their way. Lamar Jackson finally got going a little bit. He also got a little hip drop type tackle from that same linebacker, actually. But he looked like he just got a little hurt, like physically, but not anything major. Just made some bruises that he had to kind of fight through. So he should be fine. Um, and Keaton Mitchell looked pretty decent. He didn't break one off for a touchdown like he has, but he looked good enough to where I have my eyes on him. Add him in your league if he's available. I, w- I wouldn't feel like super confident starting him right away because Gus Edwards is still a thing. But um, Keaton Mitchell got, I believe, like 37% of the snaps. So he's, he's starting to ramp up. It might be a 50-50 split between him and Edwards. And the Ravens love to run the ball. Okay. Now let's get into the Sunday slate. Let's start with the Steelers and the Browns. For the Steelers, it sounds like Jalen Warren is going to start, which is not super important in my opinion. I think him and Najee Harris are literally going to split 50-50, which actually, here lately, they've been running the ball a little bit better. So that's not a bad thing. Both of them are fringe starters. They're both kind of like flex-ish plays with RB2 upside. Nasha Harris needs a score, but they've been moving the ball a little bit, and he's pretty good in the red zone, and he's their red zone guy. So he has a decent chance of scoring, and Jalen Warren is involved in the passing game. Um, and he's also gonna be, he's also getting a few touches out of the backfield. So um, they both are solid starters. Unfortunately, with their running game working so well, it's at the detriment of their pass catchers. Um, Pickens is kind of non-playable anymore. Deontay Johnson is a starter, but you're not super thrilled about it. Pickett looks not too good. He was one of my sleepers this year. I had a bad call on that. He's not looked good. Um, I'm hoping he can turn it around, but this team is 6-3. and three. It's crazy to think. Somehow, someway, they're winning games. Credit to their coach. Next up, we have the Browns in unfortunately kind of Deshaun Watson is out for the year I mean for him personally I feel really bad for him you know our prayers go out to a quick recovery same with Mark Andrews and Joe Burrow um but him getting injured for the year I don't know how much it affects the team he had a couple decent games but for the most part he's been kind of okay but now it's going to be DTR um the rookie they drafted this year um I don't know. He played week one, I believe, because of injury to Deshaun Watson, and he did not look good. But that was his first game as a rookie right out the gate. And he even said that um, now his eyes are no longer, like, scared. They're ready to go. So I feel kind of confident in him, actually. I think the offense is either going to be the same or maybe a little better. Everyone else is thinking, oh, no, Amari Cooper is not going to be um, much anymore, and he, no one else is going to be usable. I don't know. I'll have to see it. The Steelers' defense isn't great, so I feel like they can move the ball, but I kind of have a little confidence in DTR. If you have Cooper, you're still starting him, and I would still feel okay with their offense as a whole, and their running backs are going to be used probably even more. So if you have Ford, if you have Hunt, you should feel confident there as well. Next up, we have the Bears and the Lions. For the Bears, 
Justin Fields is back, which means it's the DJ Moore time. Justin Fields loves to just hone in on him. And the Lions defense, it hasn't been all that great this year. People are giving a lot of praise. It's better than it has been. I'm not going to lie, but I don't know. I haven't seen a legit bona fide stud defense like everyone else is. The Chargers did whatever they wanted against them with one receiver. With Keenan Allen and nobody else, the Lions couldn't defend him. And that's with Keenan Allen getting dinged up, leaving the game. And then he came back, scored another touchdown. So the Lions defense can be had. So I feel confidence in DJ Moore getting a ton of targets, racking up a ton of yards. He's a great player. You can see it anytime he gets the ball in his hands. And I think the Bears are going to kind of keep up with the Lions. The Lions will win. Um, but I think the Bears are going to make this a little bit of a game. Um, and for the Lions, what I'm looking at here is their running back room. I was curious how they were going to do it last week with Montgomery coming back. And they they didn't really split it 50-50. They kind of gave Jameer Gibbs a little bit more of the share. I don't think it's going to go exactly that way going forward. Um, it kind of looked like the running backs got a um, possession. Like this possession was Montgomery's, this one was Gibbs, this one was Montgomery's. And they had the ball for the majority of the time down the field, got in the red zone, and it stuck with that player, which I really like that. That means both of them are usable. I would kind of anticipate Montgomery getting a little bit more touches this game because um, I think they're going to want to focus on running the ball. But um, Gibbs is still going to get his, and he is the more explosive back. So I see them both as solid RB2s, and Gibbs has a RB1 potential upside. Montgomery, I would say he's just a solid RB2. I don't think he has that RB1 upside unless he gets in the end zone a couple times, which is possible. Next up, we have the Chargers and the Packers. For the Chargers, their receiving core is just decimated. Keenan Allen says he's going to play, which I believe him. He's one of the toughest players in the league. But who else is going to step up? We've been waiting on Quinton Johnston, and it just hasn't happened. He's getting more snaps, um, which is a good thing. He's on the field. So um, if you want to stash him and wait till you see it, I'm okay with that as well. I'm, I'm looking at doing that on one of my, on some of my teams if he's available. I haven't really looked at it yet, but he's really all they have. They have a couple tight ends they like, um, but other than Keenan Allen and Eckler, it's wide open. Who wants it? And you got to believe that's going to be Quentin Johnston with that um, first-round draft pick pedigree. He's looked okay, but it just hasn't clicked for him in Herbert yet. I don't know what it is. And then for the Packers, what I'm looking at here is, is Jordan Love going to be able to get the ball to those really good pass catchers, to Christian Watson, to Dobbs, to Reed, even to Musgrave, and even Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Can he run this offense? He should be able to do it against the Chargers defense. So um, I would say this is the last week we are going to give Christian Watson the last week of a leash. Okay, this is it. If you can't do it this week, then I'm completely out. I don't know that I'm really starting him this week unless I don't have any other options, but I'm not completely done until after this week. If he doesn't do it this week, I'm out. 
cashing my chips in, I'm walking away. Because if, if he can do it against the Chargers, I don't know if Watson's ever going to do it. And I don't really know if it's his fault. Jordan Love has been very inconsistent. He makes some great throws. And then he makes some throws that are so off target that nobody can catch them. Next up, we have the Raiders and the Dolphins. For the Raiders, I love what they're doing. Antonio Pierce, their new coach, their interim head coach, he's doing what everyone should do. He's focusing in on his best players. He's like, okay, this isn't rocket science. I need to get the ball to Devontae Adams. I need to hand the ball to Josh Jacobs. I need to focus those two on this offense. And it's working to an extent. So if you have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, you're starting them and you feel happy now because they're actually getting the ball. Who would have thought? Now, unfortunately, with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, it's not looking great in their pass game, but... Adams is still getting the targets. Jacobs is still getting their red zone looks and basically every running back touch and a little bit used out of the backfield as well. And they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up this week because they're playing the Dolphins. And for the Dolphins, they've had two weeks to prepare. They've they've been embarrassed this year kind of because every time they play a team with a winning record, a team that looks good, they don't show up. Those are their three losses. So they're going to try to make a statement. And with A-Chan back, I believe they're just going to be completely balanced, move the ball everywhere around the field, and I think they're going to have a lot of success. So you're going to start Tyreek, you're going to start Waddle, you can probably start Tua as well. He's fringe, but you can probably start him. And with Mostert and A-Chan, dependent on what you're looking at, because they are going to split the touches, I would... Now, as long as A-Chan is active, he hasn't been officially active yet, but I believe he will. But if he is, um, and dependent on your running back room, I'd feel okay starting both of them, or either one, dependent on your situation. In some some leagues I'm in, I have them both, and the way my roster set up, I can't really start them both. For example, in one of my really competitive leagues, um, my running back room is Jameer Gibbs, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, um, Raheem Mostert, and um, Devon Achan. I can't really start them both. I don't know if I can start either one of them this week until I see it. Right now I have Gibbs and I have Josh Jacobs starting for me. In my flex, I have um, Devonta Smith. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see how the week goes before I decide to start him or DeAndre Swift. Depends. If I need a boom game, I'll start Devonte Smith. If I need a floor, like I need just 10 points, I can trust that DeAndre Swift is going to get that. So we'll see what happens there. But I can't, if you're in a situation like that, like I'm in, can't really start them both. But if you're not, if there's something else going on, then you can start them both. They're both solid, solid like RB2s this week. Maybe definite, definitely flex plays. Next up, we have the Giants and Commanders. For the Giants, oh man, I don't know what to think about them. With Tommy DeVito, um, it's just not. It doesn't look good. They'll be able to move the ball against the Commanders, so Barkley should be. You should feel okay about Barkley this week. And if you have a pass catcher, you know my heart goes out to you. It's just, ugh, I don't know. This offense, they they just need a reset. They need this year to end already. They're gonna have a high draft pick. Don't know if they're going quarterback or if they want to trade it for a huge haul so someone else can go to quarterback. 
because unfortunately they're tied to Daniel Jones for a long time. He's a good player. I just don't think it's he's it. And I think they're kind of noticing that too. But they're tied to him. And I, they might have to go back to him. So really for the Giants, it's just Saquon. And that's about all. For the Commanders, this is an interesting thing. Sam Howell has looked fantastic. I've been trying to trade for him in a couple leagues. Not had much success yet, but I'm not giving up before that trade deadline because he, I think, is quarterback four right now or quarterback six. He's in that range, which is crazy to think that Sam Howell is a top five quarterback basically this year in fantasy. It's only because he's been passing the ball like 40 times a game. Um, and in this game, we probably will have to because the Giants are going to move the ball. They're going to make this competitive, and Commanders want to win. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. But the biggest thing I'm looking at here for the Commanders is Antonio Gibson is probably going to miss this game, which is going to get even more touches to Brian Robinson Jr. He's going to be the focal point of this offense. And as you saw last week, he got a lot of targets out of the passing game as well. He is starting to be that dude. He was one of my sleepers at the beginning of the year, and that's at the start of the year it didn't look all that great, but now it's I feel pretty good about that. I put him in my DFS lineup as well because he's not that expensive, and I really, really am interested because of Gibson missing this game. Next up we have could be a brutal bloodbath, the Cowboys against the Panthers. For the Cowboys, what I'm looking at here is this this has to be. It has to be the week for Tony Pollard. If this doesn't do it, then I'm completely out. Um, I still feel like he might be a buy low, but he's. if he doesn't score here at least one touchdown, if he doesn't get double-digit fantasy points and even more like 15 fantasy points, then I'm I'm out. They're, if, they, if they don't give him the ball, give him 15 to 20 touches this week, then I don't know if they believe in him either to be that guy. The pro if they don't do it, they're probably going to be more of a slip the backfield, be more of a pass-heavy offense, which they have been, and it's been working. And if that's the case, you know, it's good for them, but it's bad for us as Tony Pollard managers. I'm not one of those, actually. I didn't draft him in any league I'm in, so I feel kind of happy about that. But he is still so talented, and he was a top 10 to 15 draft pick this year. And everyone who drafted him has been very disappointed. Um, but I think this, this has to be the week. It's got to be because they're playing the Panthers. They're going to be up by three touchdowns probably by the second quarter. So they're just going to run the ball. It's got to be the week. And also their defense. I got them again on DFS because Bryce Young loves to be sacked. He loves to get, turn the ball over. And the Cowboys defense is one of the best in the league. And for the Panthers, I, I don't know. I'm... It's Adam Thielen, and that's kind of all you feel comfortable with. They're going back to their head coach, Frank Wright, being the play caller, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But he's going to be the guy calling the plays again, which when he did, it was Adam Thielen getting all those targets, so you might feel okay if you're a Thielen man manager, but that's it. You don't trust their tight ends. You don't really trust their running backs because they don't know what they're doing themselves with their running backs. So if you, if you have any Panthers players, good luck, other than Thielen. Thielen, you can trust. Next up, we have the Titans and the Jaguars. For the Titans, is Will Levis the real deal or is he not? He had one amazing game. 
that first game he came in, he threw four touchdowns, three of them to Hopkins. But other than that game, if you look at it, he's not played that well, actually. And that was going up against a pretty decent Jaguars defense. And so what I'm what I'm seeing is I think he's just he kind of caught he kind of um went over his head a little bit. He got a, got a little too confident in that first week and he got a little humbled the next few games. But I think he is the real deal. I think he's very talented. They'll be able to move the ball a little bit better this week, I anticipate. Um, Terry Henry is still their guy, but Tajay Spears is a thing. He's not going away. He's a great handcuff. Um, if you have Derrick Henry or if you don't have Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears should be on your roster just in case because Derrick Henry is older. He's getting a lot of touches. Who knows? You don't wish injury on anyone, on anyone, but it happens in this league, especially when you get the ball as much as Henry does. So you have to have Spears on your roster. And for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence just looks bad. That, that was a missed call on my end at the beginning of the year. I wanted as much of Trevor Lawrence as I could because I thought where he was going in drafts, he had great value. And so I picked him up in a couple leagues, and it's not been good at all. I don't know what the problem is. They got a better in their passing game because they got another really good pass catcher in Calvin Ridley. They moved the ball well last year. I, I don't know what's changed. I really don't. Their offensive line isn't that good, so that's one thing. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have that much time. But this week, the Titans' defense is decent, but it's not great. So I would kind of think that this week he might be able to do it. Last week against the 49ers, that didn't really surprise me. Now, as bad as it was, did, but I didn't think he'd be able to do a lot last week. But this week against the Titans, maybe. This might be kind of a get-right game. Um, I have to start him in one league. I'm not happy about it, but this week might be okay. Next, uh, we have the Cardinals and the Texans. This could be an interesting game. It could be a shootout. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray looked like Kyler Murray last week. If he's available, you need to add him. He's a top 10 quarterback going into the rest of the year, and he has potential to be top five with as athletic as he is. Um, and he's still a good good throw of the football. And Trey McBride is also someone who needs to be on rosters. Put him in my DFS lineup again because they have Marquise Brown and then Trey McBride, and that's kind of who they funnel the ball to. They have a few other decent guys, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, but they funnel the ball mostly to Marquise Brown and to Trey McBride. And Trey McBride is such a good talent, and he's a tight end and tight end is such a wasteland if you have mark if you had mark andrews and mcbride is somehow available in your league that's an easy plug and play rest of year you need to get mcbride he's gonna continue to do really well and then for the texans it sounds like damien pierce is out so devin singletary should get the majority of the workload he's a decent start this week and it sounds like Noah Brown might also miss this game, which is unfortunate because he looks so good. Um, but it's going to be Nico Collins. It's going to be Tank Dell. Put Tank Dell in my DFS lineup again. And he's being a little bit more expensive late, of late, but I still put him in there because um, they have one less pass catcher, so he'll be he'll get more targets this week. 
Next up, Buccaneers at the 49ers. I think this is going to be a little bit more competitive than people think. People are thinking that the 49ers are just going to route them. They could. They're really good, but the Buccaneers are feisty. They like to fight. Um, and for the Buccaneers, um, what I'm looking at here is I'm looking at Chris Godwin. I think I think this is going to be a Chris Godwin game because the 49ers are going to try their best to key off on Mike Evans. Mike Evans is still going to get his. He's awesome. But they're going to try to do their best to limit Mike Evans. And with Mike Evans, he's more of the downfield guy. And I don't think Baker's going to have that much time with that crazy good pass rush of the Niners. So I think he's going to have to get the ball out quickly, which will be a lot of dump offs to Rashad White. Rashad White's going to be huge in this game as far as catching the ball. And it's going to be out of the slot with Chris Godwin. So I think this is going to be a decent Chris Godwin game. And for the 49ers, they're healthy. They look good. Brock Purdy just is a great um, maneuver of this offense. He just spreads the ball out really well. Doesn't necessarily hone in on one guy unless they have injuries. So Debo Samuel's going to get his. Ayuk's going to get his. Kittle will get a few catches. And, of course, McCaffrey out of the backfield. I have Brock Purdy in my DFS lineup this week because he is a solid floor guy. And if you have Brock Purdy in your league, then you should feel pretty confident you know what you're going to get. 250 yards, two touchdowns pretty much every week. Next up, we have another interesting game, the Jets against the Bills. For the Jets, Garrett Wilson's a little dinged up, but he says he's going to give it a go. He says he's going to play. If he's limited at all, you're kind of worried, but the Bills' defense doesn't worry you and I, I think that the Jets are so they're so feisty so competitive I think Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall are going to get enough volume enough touches where you can start them and feel pretty good about it and for the Bills they fire their offensive coordinator so I'm not sure how that's going to look I'm really interested are they going to run the ball more are they going to get more running backs involved are they going to be focused in on Cook what I think is going to happen is I think they're going to let all their running backs get a, get a shot to see who can be, quote-unquote, the guy. I think Fournette might actually be active finally, and they're going to give him some opportunities. They're going to let Tavius Murray get a few runs. They're going to let James Cook get his share, and I think they'll let Leonard Fournette get a crack at it as well. And for the um, passing game, it's going to be funneled between Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid. Now, Jets defense is really good against the pass, and they've never allowed two pass catchers to do really well against them. Sometimes one, but never two. So you feel like Stephon Diggs most likely will do well. I believe the Jets have only allowed one um, wide receiver to um, get over 10 or 15 fantasy points and score a touchdown on him, and that was Stephon Diggs in week one. So I or week two, I'm not sure when they played. But so I think Stephon Diggs is a fine start, but nobody else. You're not starting Gabe Davis. You're not starting Shakir. Dalton K is still a start because of the tight end position. He might get a few dump offs, but that's really it. And it's it'll be interesting to see if Josh Allen can finally not turn the ball over. He has struggled with that so badly. Next up, we have the Seahawks against the Rams. Another pretty good game here. For the Seahawks, um, their backfield is a basically 50-50 split. And it's starting to lean a little bit to Zach Charbonnet. I don't know if that's because of the injury Ken Walker's been dealing with. He's been a little dinged up this year on the past few games. So I don't know if perhaps... 
They're trying to limit him a little bit, kind of save him from himself. And Zach Charbonnet is a really good player, so they're just giving him more touches. Or if Charbonnet is so good, they want them both on the field. I think it's kind of that one, um, which really sucks for us as fantasy managers of either one of those players. If you have Ken Walker, you still start him because he still is their guy. He gets most of the workload in the red zone. But, man, he had such a high ceiling at the beginning of the year, and now he doesn't. That ceiling's gone. And for Charbonnet, you can't really start him unless something happens to Ken Walker. So keep Charbonnet on your bench just in case injury does happen. Because if it does, then Charbonnet's a top 15 guy. Plug and play. Easy start. But unless that does not happen, then you can't start him at all. And you don't feel super confident about Ken Walker. He's more like an RB2 going forward. And for the Rams, Matthew Stafford's finally healthy, it sounds like. So you're firing up Cooper Cup. You're firing up Puka Nakua. And you feel good about it. It sounds like that um, it's going to be Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman again. So both of them are kind of RB2 flexes. They're, they kind of split the workload. Henderson's kind of more involved in the passing game, so he has a slight edge. But you're not super confident in either one. Seahawks' run defense is pretty decent. Sounds like Williams comes back next week. Next up, we have the Sunday night game, Vikings and Broncos. This is going to be a good game. Two of the hottest teams. Vikings won five in a row. Broncos three in a row. It's at Denver, and it sounds like the weather might be a little iffy, kind of cold, kind of wet. So that's going to be a factor. For the Vikings, it sounds like um, JJ's not going to play. He's iffy, but I would say because of the altitude and the weather, I'm going to guess that they're not going to um, let him play this week. I think he's coming back next week. Um, if this was a home game, I think they would play him. I think he would start this game, but it's at Denver outside. I think they want to save that hamstring for one more week, which means it's going to be Jordan Hassan. It's going to be um, TJ Hawkinson. Osborne will get his a little bit. Um, but with the weather being like it is, I feel like this is going to be more of a balanced attack. Denver Broncos defense is really good. So Josh Dobbs, you know, he'll get off the edge with some runs, with some scrambles, lots of dump offs. Um, so TJ Hawkinson and their running backs are probably going to get a lot of catches, but not for a lot of yards. I think this might be kind of a low-scoring affair here. Um, so if you have Jeff Just Dobbs, you can start him. He's been really good. Hawkinson, definitely. Addison, maybe not as much because he's more of a big threat guy. Um, and I don't think they're going to have a lot of downfield passes with the weather and with the Broncos' really good defense. Um, so I think this is going to be kind of a low-scoring affair. And it sounds like Madison might give it a go. He might clear the concussion protocol in time. Um, but you should have Ty Chandler on your team. I think he's going to be um, he's going to be the guy that gets all the yards. Madison's going to get a bulk of the carries. It's with the way I kind of see it. If it's going to be Madison and Ty Chandler going forward, I see Madison kind of like the Zeke last year with Ty Chandler kind of being like the Tony Pollard last year for the Cowboys. So um, Zeke, so to speak, Madison, he'll get in between the tackles. He'll get some red zone. He'll be kind of usable as a flex. Tony Pollard, or in this case, Ty Chandler, will get the big runs and get out of the backfield, the passing game. So he'll be kind of like an RB2 going forward. That's kind of how I see it, honestly. 
Um, so if Chandler's available, pick him up, and you'll thank me. And then for the Broncos, I don't, I don't trust Russ in this particular game. Russ has been playing really well, but the Vikings defense is really good as well. They're going to be missing their top corner, Caleb Evans. So um, Cortland Sutton might be okay this game. He's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. He might score one here. You can score touchdowns against the Vikings because they like to blitz a lot, but that means Russell Wilson's going to be under duress early and often, and he sometimes can kind of be a little frantic back there, kind of be a little skittish, deer in the headlights, and he might turn the ball over a couple times in this game. So I wouldn't feel super confident in him, but I would feel confident in their running game. They've been focused in on their run game, and the Vikings' run defense has been playing well, but you still can run on them. So Javante Williams should be um, their guy this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores almost 20 fantasy points, gets in the end zone maybe even twice, because he's going to be their focal point. Weather's not great. What happens when the weather's not great? You run the ball. So Javante Williams is going to be a key factor this game. And lastly, the Monday night game, game of the week here. Eagles and Chiefs. This is going to be so fun. For the Eagles, what I'm looking at here is Devontae Smith. I believe this is going to be his game. Um, A.J. Brown is going to get the, um, the, the Darius Sneed treatment, and he's been playing really well. Great corner for the Chiefs. Um, A.J. Brown's still going to get his, but he's going to get the focal point of the defense, and the rest of their corners aren't as great. So I think Devontae Smith is going to get open. He's going to get targeted. He's going to do great this week. With no Goddard as well, whenever Goddard was out last year, it was Devontae Smith getting a bulk of those targets out of the um, Goddard target share. Um, so he's going to be, I mean, he hasn't looked great this year, but now going forward, I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too with potential wide receiver one upside. And for the Chiefs, um, Pacheco has a tough game this week against the Eagles. Um, front seven, who has been just dominating running backs. They're the number one rated team against the run this year. So Pacheco's kind of a, if you have to start him, you have to, but you're not happy about it. What I'm looking at is who is going to be the guy in this game? Because as far as pass catchers, because the Eagles secondary has been torched this year. And one of the big things against the Eagles, start your tight ends against the Eagles. So Travis Kelsey, he might get 30 fantasy points on Monday. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He might get 12 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. I wouldn't be shocked because the Eagles um, defense against tight ends is awful. Now, of course, it's Travis Kelsey, so they're going to try to key off on him, but it's Travis Kelsey. If you try to, it's not going to work. So he's going to be the guy and there's got to be a receiver. And if there is, I would kind of bank on Rasheed Rice. He's been really good, but not separated himself as much as I would have liked. And I think maybe this week could be the week, but I have to see it to believe it. Um, so I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it'll be the week, but we'll see. All right. That's all about fake football for today. Now let's get real. And this week's get real segment I'm going to talk about courage, mainly having courage over fear. Um, and so for this, I'm going to start with some scripture. 
about courage because um, courage does, fear doesn't necessarily have to be um, eliminated, so to speak, because fear is going to be with us all the time, unfortunately, and sometimes fear kind of protects us. It's, it's a good defense mechanism, but the biggest thing is having courage over that fear when the time is right. So let's get to some scripture. First off, Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 54, 4. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Why be afraid when the Lord is your salvation? He is your stronghold. So there really is nothing to fear. Psalm 56, 3-4. I love this one. When I am afraid, not if, but when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, and God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So when you're afraid, put your trust in God, and then you will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do whenever God is in charge? And I like, I always love giving this story when talking about courage over fear. For me, myself, I've had a lot of difficult situations in life with relationships. Um, I've had two marriages just fail. A lot on me, a lot on circumstance, a lot on um, some individuals not wanting to continue to fight, which happens, not putting any um, blame on them. But with that happening, when you have two marriages going toward divorce and failing and ending in divorce, that puts a lot of fear in you to want to try again. And with with my wife now, she's the best thing that's really happened to me in a ever honestly um i had to have courage to pursue that relationship there was a time when we were um just kind of getting to know one another we were talking we were hanging out and i believe he was in my car just in a parking lot having a really good conversation and i really really felt strong feelings for her. i really felt like there was something here but i was afraid because as much as I've been hurt, you're going to be afraid to be hurt again. And I had to overcome that fear with courage. I had to trust that this is where God was leading me. And so I had the courage. I opened up to her. I told her how I felt. I actually played a song, which, wonderful story. Um, that song ended up kind of being our relationship song. And... Um, I proposed to her to that song, and she walked down the aisle to that song as well when we got married. It is our relationship song. Um, I had and I had the courage to play that song to her that day in the car, and she just truly felt my heart through that song, and she understood that I really loved her. She didn't get it yet. She just she wasn't there herself, but she understood how I felt, and it made so much progress in that relationship. 
and now we have a flourishing marriage. It's it's just it's awesome. And that's because I had courage over fear. Fear wasn't eliminated. It was there because of how much damage I've had in the past with relationships. But I had the I had the courage to overcome it. Psalm 56, 3 to 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in God. The song that I played um, was KB. It was Masterpiece by KB. And I wanted to show, um, show her that I truly saw her as a masterpiece. God made her as his masterpiece. And that was that's our relationship song. A lot of times we'll play it randomly and just dance to it and have so much emotion we both end up crying because that song having courage to play that song really really truly started our relationship started our journey to our marriage and where we're at now well that's it for this week everyone thank you so much for listening in i hope that you can have some courage over fear going forward if you have any questions um, about your lineups or anything that you want to discuss fantasy-wise, I'd love to help you out. Um, you can find me on Twitter, um, on Fantasy Football CU, without any vowels in that. I'd love to answer any questions, or you can go to our website, go to our public forums, fantasyfootballcu.com. It's a free forum side where you can ask any question, put a prayer request if you need me to pray for you. And also, we have lots of courses, lots of training on fantasy. Um, and we have a membership you can join in where you can join in live on some webinars and I can help you out with your lineups um, a few times a week. Try to really help you get to the playoffs. Playoffs are coming. And there's a lot of things you can do to either make the playoffs or set yourself up to have success in the playoffs. I'd love to help you out to get there. Um, thank you so much for joining in. We'll see you next week. God bless you and um, best of luck in your fantasies and going forward.